You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. How are we all doing? Good. Okay, I did, if you follow us on social media, there was a promise of chocolate, and there is chocolate. So, because it's, like I said, it's, it's participation day. Um, yeah, all right, I'm going to put that away. Pull this up. All right, before I even start, who does follow Life Tree on Instagram or follows me on Insta- Instagram? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I had this really funny moment as I was prepping. This is like my... Uh, my ideas book or my preach book, I call it. Pray, wait, trust. Anyways, as I was getting ready, I just like grabbed a pen out of like the drawer at home. And Starla, do you have the picture? Okay, I don't know if you can even read it, but the pen just said quit now. <laughs> .ca. It's like an anti-smoking pen. But I literally, I like burst out laughing because I'd, I'd been having such a hard time putting on paper what was in my heart. And then I just cracked up because I'm like, okay, today's the day. You're going to sit down. There was post-its all over my computer of little notes I'd taken. I had notes on my phone. But for me, it like has to go on paper or it's just like, right? Anyways, I like was crying laughing because it was just like, just quit now. I texted it to Kelly. Kelly's like, not today, Satan. Like, she just was like, no, no. And anyways, I just cracked up. And so for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, there you go. You get the humor too. Um, oh, man, it was good. All right, so here's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to get all my papers out because it's just better that way for me. Um, all right, who's got Bibles with them this morning? Fantastic. Phone Bibles sort of count. Um, I'm just kidding. They totally do count. Um, but like real ones are even better. All right. So those of you who know me know that I like love sword drills. I grew up in Christian Christian schools. We're not actually going to do sword drills today because I've got like four other people coming up and sharing and you all have turkeys to cook. So we're not going to stay here till two. Um, not that I don't believe you could all find the references really quickly in your paper Bibles. Um, but I use the little search thing on my phone all the time. Um, so Starla, do you have that list of scriptures there? These are the scriptures that y'all are going to read this morning. So if you want to take one, put your hand up. You, there may be chocolate. All right. Bethann's going to take that first one. Who's going to take Acts? Excellent. Who's going to take 1 Corinthians? Excellent. Eli, I love it. Uh, John 20, 19 to 29. I know some of them are long, right? Maybe you get double chocolate. Oh, guys, this is sad. Telsey, there we go. Ecclesiastes, I know we're getting into Ecclesiastes today. It's going to be a good morning. Uh, 4, 7 to 12. Oh, no one wants to read it. Okay, Kelly, take Ecclesiastes. It was a terrible day in history. Uh, Hebrews 10, 22 to 25. Beautiful. Thanks, Sally. And Proverbs, one verse. All right, so if you're like, this is terrifying, this is the one for you. Proverbs 27 to 17. Excellent. Thank you, Andrea. All right, so just make sure you have it ready on your phone so that we're not like, who is my Proverbs? And Kayla will run with you to the mic when we get to those points. All right. Oh, here we go. Let's settle in. Today I'm talking about Christian community. I know it's shocking. I feel like every time I get up, I talk about Christian community in some way, shape, or form. But it's because it's so, so important. Um, Now, when I say this, I'm not just talking about showing up on a Sunday morning. Ooh, 
I'm going to try not to offend you. And so just if you start feeling offended, it's maybe the Holy Spirit. Because I'm genuinely, genuinely not seeking to offend or call people out this morning or anything like that. But we've bought into a bit of a twisted idea of what Christian community is. And so we're going to sort of come after some of that this morning. And if you start feeling like, oh, she just punched me in the face, it wasn't me. Okay? It was the Bible. All right. So I had this, this last like few years for Mike and I, and specifically for me, Mike's like, I've had the best years of my life. Um, I have not. We laugh about this a lot. He'll be like, oh man, that year was just like so good. And I'm like, I was dying, right? And he's like, you're right. You were a total mess, but I was like, great. And I'm like, that's often how it goes for us, or he'll have bad years, and I'll be like, the spirit is moving and everything. Um, anyways, I had like a rough couple of years. Things personally, things in family, things in business. There was just a lot of like, and the hits just keep on coming kind of moments that I was having. And, and COVID hit and it was just sort of like, just survive. Just like keep standing, keep standing, keep standing. And then sort of near the beginning of this year, it was like all the things I just sort of kept standing and kept trying to hold and just sort of get over and move on and get over and move on and get over and move on were like, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm done. I would, I would like to check out now. This, this has been fun. This whole thing's been great, but I, I would like to be done. I started questioning the goodness of God in my life. I started questioning my like anointing and my authority and the calling on my life. I started, like there was pretty much if it was up for debate, which none of those things are, but in my brain, if it was up for debate, it was on the chopping block. And, and I remember sitting there and I sat in like Caleb's office one day and he's like, okay, just lay it on me. What is happening? And I was like, you don't want me to do this because I'm gonna just quit then or you're going to fire me. Like literally, there was such just sort of bitterness in my heart towards God, towards the church, that I was like, if I really tell you what I'm feeling, you're going to be like, and there's the door. Right? Because I was believing this little lie. Well, little lie. Big old lie. He didn't fire me, clearly. I didn't quit, clearly. But man, did I want to. Man, did I want to. I'd be up here leading worship. This is just me being real and honest with you guys. I'd be up here leading worship and singing songs and be like, okay, why don't you take that verse? Because I'm not sure I can even sing that this morning. Right? People would read out scriptures. I remember standing there one Sunday, and we were singing House of Miracles, and I just was like, (sighs) I almost straight up had to leave the room because I was like, you haven't shown up like that for me. I haven't experienced all the miracles, all the things. And it was just this like, and I remember I turned to my friend one day and she was like, okay, so, and I was like, there's no escape. There's no escape for me. I can't actually walk away from the Lord because where the heck am I going to go? And I can't walk away from the church because where the heck am I going to go? I don't know about you guys, but I'm like a big team person. Left to my own devices, I will settle in front of Netflix with a book in my hand and live there forever. So there was no other option. I remember I said to like Kelly and Telsa, I was like, there's no escape. And I hate that. I was so mad that for me there was no escape. Haha. Yes, Essie. And I just like gradually, and then sort of right around that time, Mike and I, we took like together as a family, we took a month off this summer. 
And um, it was good. Like, we worked remotely and all that, but, like, really tried to focus on rest. And for six weeks, we did not step foot in a church. I have not gone six weeks in my entire almost 33 years of life not setting foot in a church. My parents are pastors. My grandparents were pastors. My aunt and uncle are pastors. Like, church is what we do. And I remember Mike and I, it was really weird, but I remember we had this moment. We're, like, sitting, sitting at the pool in California, and we're like, this is really nice. We could just stay here forever. Like, we could just, like, I, could, I literally, I could just resign We could just stay, because, man, this is so comfortable. I haven't thought about all my stuff I need to deal with. This is so nice. I have no responsibilities. Nothing's expected of me. I'm going to just stay. But you know what else happened in that time? I prayed less. I worshipped less. I was less accountable. I was less God-aware in my days because there is something powerful that happens when we, even if it is just stepping into the room where two or more are gathered, there's something that happens in our spirit. And, and that's just like step one. Okay? If you guys, this is sort of a random thing. I wasn't going to say this, but if you guys seen the, the musical Hamilton, Anyone see that? Okay, you know the song? The one that I'm just like, oh, there's just this one song. It's like, I just want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens. This is the room where it happens. In so many ways, as believers, as we come together in community, this is the room where it happens. Okay? So we're going to talk about some of those things that happens. But this just got me really thinking because we sort of came back and we came back into church and I was like, oh, all of a sudden I was worshiping a little more. I was being held a little more accountable. And, and gradually, sort of the things I was working through, anyways, things started shifting. We'll talk about that later. Um, and since then, I've sort of, I've been on sort of this journey, as Caleb talked about. I shared it in, in the staff room about just, man, we can be like really good Christians, but there's something that happens when we pull away from the community that, oh, it's just me, but I don't care how strong your faith is. I don't care how great your personal like devotions are every day. When you choose to step away and isolate yourself from community, you are walking contrary to the Christian life we're called to. It wasn't me that just offended you. It was the Holy Spirit. Um, and I found myself, I started listening to podcasts, started listening to just different things about Christian community. And some were really, really good. And some, I'd sit, I'd start listening, I'd be like, this is just really sad. And I was so disappointed by some Christians, some teachers, some preachers' idea of what Christian community was. And they're like, oh, it's just all these people, all the same age as me. I finally feel like I'm in Christian community. And I've surrounded myself with all these people that believe exactly what I do, who speak exactly how I talk, who are the same age as me, have the same life experience. And man, it's so great. And I was like, I don't read that anywhere in the word as a definition of the body of Christ. I'm not saying don't connect with people that you have stuff in common with or people your own age. That's so good. But there's something glorious in learning from a seven-year-old in worship and something glorious in learning from Gary who faithfully shows up on Sunday mornings and plays whatever instrument I chuck at him. 
Seriously, there's something glorious in that. that I, there's things that I can learn from Lorraine that I can't learn from Kelly. There's things that I can learn from, from Garen that I can't learn from Tracy. Right? There's, there's things that can happen there. Oh, I'm getting all off track. Um, anyways, that just made me sad, and it didn't sound like the Bible. Christian community is more than just showing up at church on Sundays, and it's definitely more than just hanging out with people you get along with. You can join a sports team for that. Go join a club. Get a sewing circle. I don't know. But that's, that's it's like this like scratch on the surface of community. And actually, true fellowship can only happen amongst believers, the unity and diversity of the body, but I won't get into that right now. So what is the biblical mindset of Christian community? Because I was like, oh, I feel like we've started to shift a bit into a bit of a cultural mindset of what community is. And see, the thing is, we're not actually supposed to be followers of culture. We're supposed to be changers of culture. So that's really concerning to me. So we're going to get into the word. So who is my... Oh, yeah, when I just Googled it, man, I love Googling things sometimes. I was like, what does the Bible say about Christian community? Immediately, first page, there was over a 100 references in the Bible to Christian community. So clearly, it's pretty important to the heart of God. Romans 12, 3 to 16, that's Beth Ann. Caleb's going to run the microphone, and then we're going to go right to 1 Corinthians 12, and then right to Acts 2. So let's go Okay. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. That'd be weird if they did. So in Christ, we, are, we who are many from one body and each member belongs to the, all the others, we have different gifts, according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of the others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Yeah. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. I love that one. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. That's hard. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Yeah. Practice hospitality. Love it. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Boom. Next one, 1 Corinthians. I think it was 1 Corinthians. Who's had that one? Eli, was that you? Awesome. You can stand up, Eli. It helps. <laughs> the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. 
But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If, or if, you, if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Come on, that's good. I forgot to give you guys chocolate. Acts 2, 42 to 47. That's at the back there, Caleb. If you don't like chocolate, well, I feel sorry for you. I'll find you something. I'll give you a high five after or something. I have nothing else. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Come on. And all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let's go. Come, come on. So good. We can just stop there because you all heard it. Okay, but we're going we're to talk about it some more. Because sometimes we hear it, but we don't quite get it. I do. We got smarties. Right? All right. Now, this is the participation. Christian community. I didn't give you this slide, Starla. I'm sorry. I just thought of doing this right now. Uh, what are some key components of Christian community that we just heard about? Participation. Generosity. Patience. Come on. Ooh, food. Uh, zeal. Uh, mourn with mourning. Ooh, you guys, I'm loving it. Love, love. Yeah. Woo! Who said that? You should get like four chocolates. Come on. Honor different gifts. Uh, there was something else. It takes more than one. There was something else, though, in between those. Gather. Thank you. Anyone else? Ooh, in common. I like that. I'm just going to say in common. Yep. I'm going to say Bible. Hear it. Do it. Okay. Prayer. Mm, mentorship. Like it. Yes. I need this side for something else. Oh, y'all, this is good. Mm. 
pa- we pause there? We got we got enough up there. It's pretty good. We only read those once. Look how much you guys took from it. I love it. Okay. How great does this sound? Why would we ever want to leave? Oh, and it sounds so good to others, right? Because they add to their numbers. So something, something happens when we actually do this. It becomes attractive. It becomes, people are like, what is happening? You're living differently. If you keep reading those passages, it talks even more about that. But, but I listened to this podcast that Caleb sent me. It's called The Preacher's Podcast. And they were talking about, it was a different context, but it was like uh, talking about sort of walking away from your calling or choosing sort of that kind of thing. But it was like, and I was like, well, this kind of works for you too, so I'm just going to modify one of their quotes and make it. You don't have to look too far for reasons to walk away from Christian community. You could probably look in the mirror. There's one. Because we're people and we just suck sometimes. And we buy into bullshit and awful things. Sorry, I swore. I know. But I, but I have my love shirt on, so you have to forgive me. Um, so you don't have to look far. There seems to be just about every day a reason to just say no, to quit now. Becky, you want to come and share? I, I asked a few. She's like, oh, my gosh. I asked a few people from our community who I've sort of seen who are like, devoted to community. She's like, what? No, for real. And so I asked a few people in our community who I've sort of seen persist or remain or stay to just share a bit this morning of their sort of journey in that. So Becky, it's your moment. You can see yourself on the camera back there. Don't like that. (laughs) Switch the angle. (laughs) Okay, so... I was going to share, yeah, just a a tidbit. It's my story. Um, One thing that was when Char said really briefly, she's like, I'm going to talk about this. Just really quickly described it. She was like, oh, would you want to share something? I'm like, oh, like I I could easily come up with something to say, just like, you know, your own personal story to that or whatever, what she's talking about. Everybody has one. Um, So even just during COVID, that was big for me because not like COVID was a big deal for me, but... Uh, I had never spent any time away from, like, consistent uh, coming to church regularly, even though I had been maybe, like, out of the city for different years at the time, always was at a church on Sunday. And so Keenan was at church throughout COVID more than I was with the whole live streaming and everything. So I spent quite a few Sundays where, I mean, everybody did, but it was just not normal. And you you weren't coming to church like you normally did. And after, like, a couple years of that, or, like, whatever the the really harsh part of it was, like a year and a bit or whatever, um, it just changes. Like, you, you, it shifted things in a way. Like, as much as you tried to keep up, uh, I just, I remember one time turning to Keenan and we had been talking, like, we're trying to buy a house and all these different scenarios of trying to make that happen. And I literally said to him, I was like, I, because I would worry about leaving Victoria because I've been grown, born and raised here and then, like, specifically been in the same community for so long. I'm like, oh, the option of leaving and getting a house somewhere else more affordable, it's just not an option. Like, I just couldn't do it. And then I remember thinking after COVID, I, like, turned to him and be like, we don't even hang out with anybody. Like, we have no friends. Like, we don't, 
And I literally said to him, I was like, I don't care if we leave. Like, I realized, like, I don't care. Like, I can just go, and it's not going to be a big deal to me. Yeah, it would be sad, and people are like, oh, you'll still come visit, but, like, you know, you don't. And <laughs> that's what Keenan would always say. He's like, oh, we drive down on Sunday. I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyway, so I... I literally said to him, I was like, it doesn't matter. And in, and in that moment, I didn't think too much about it. But then kind of like looking back on it, um, before we had gotten back into coming to church on Sundays and more stuff being more normal, it was kind of like, that's kind of sad. But, in, but that's exactly what happens. Like you separate yourself and you get separated. Like it's not rocket science. And so in a way, it was kind of like, it kind of was relieving because I don't want to feel like, oh, I can't do anything apart from here. Like, even if God called you to do something, like, you want to be able to obey and you're not, like, stuck to your, you know, it doesn't limit you. But in the opposite sense, it was like, you can just see how that has an effect on, on um, people and how you have to be very intentional for it to not. And so, anyways, I was, it was kind of like about, so when you're wanting to be unified in community and reap the benefits of that, you have to be intentional and basically keep showing up. So obviously COVID um, ending, phasing out and things coming back in helped with that. But I think eventually I started to realize like, oh, there's, this isn't good. (laughs) And one of the other things that happened is it's just easier to be judgmental when you're removed. So it was like, I I didn't care if I was like casting stones at whoever. I mean, aside from the whole like having friends and like everybody feeling differently about things during that time, like that aside, it was just so much easier to to critique a situation or a person or just throw a judgment here and there because I don't see you or, you know, it doesn't matter, like we're not together, uh, whatever it was. And I that was just kind of mind-blowing to me. Like I was like, ooh, that is so much easier to do um, when I don't have to come in here and like say hi to you and be like, I like you or, you know, <laughs> you like you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that was just kind of like, in a sense, it was a good thing because I learned something from that. And um, that was mostly because my experience hadn't had a, a portion of my life away from church in any, in any way. So maybe I hadn't, yeah, I just was shown that in a different light. And the other thing I was going to say is, um, so I came to Lion of Judah at the time. I was 10, so that was 22 years ago. And... I've been here ever since, like I've gone overseas a couple times and went to a school, but I'd never been a part of another church, and so since then, (laughs) and um, in some ways that's kind of crazy, but what I was saying to Shar and I was talking to her about it, I was, there, there, I would be lying if I said there wasn't reasons why it would have been easier to do something else, to go somewhere else, to be like, ah, you know, like, to be like, I don't want to work through that situation, and most of it's just personally, you know, it's not, um, I haven't had to have, like, major uh, personal confrontation with people and, like, okay, let's settle this. It's just things that come up in your own life, like cer- certain situations. Girl, I lost 22 years, that's a lot of time, like, things will happen. And I'm definitely not here to say that um, God doesn't bring people in and out of places, because honestly, like, if I look out here, like, there's very few people that were here 22 years ago, but, and then that's fine, that's not what I'm saying, but you know what I am saying that you guys can relate to is um, to make the choice that won't make your heart sick in that instance, so I'm not saying you can't go somewhere else, but I made a choice several times that would, in the end, build me up and encourage me and leave me better than I would have been had I made the choice that would make me sick essentially like spiritually and um 
yeah, I I had a verse pop into my head that, you know, these verses that you hear for years and years, and sometimes it's nice when you read them in a different light, kind of like a light bulb moment, but the um, Psalms 133.1, where it just says, like, how good and pleasant it is that brothers dwell together in unity. I was all of a sudden realized, like, it says brothers dwell together in unity. Something has to happen first before the unity. So you actually have to be together before you can be unified. And sometimes it's like this such obscure, like, how do we be unified? And it's like, well, yeah, let's figure that out. But you're going to have to be together first. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Yes, I hope some of y'all took notes. That was good. Becky, come on. All right. So we're going to dig into that. Becky referenced that she could have just walked away. So what are some of those reasons? I know. <laughs> come on. Charlotte just pissed me off. Oh, I said another bad word. Don't leave. Don't leave. Okay, offense. Maybe from me, maybe from someone else. Judgment, either your own or other people's. Assumptions. I always forget how to spell that. Dis uh, there it is. Oh, we're led by our feelings. They are dangerous things. Whoa, oh. Life sucks. The food, oh. Where's Brianna? Brianna, your food is always good. All right. Not, I'm just gonna say not enough food. Oh my gosh, don't do food. Where's my eraser? Not enough food, classic. I'm pretty sure your reason was food on the other side too, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going to just say food. Fear, Fear of. Oh, you. Rejection. Yeah. And the fear of. Ooh, good one. Okay, now that's, that one's legitimate. I mean, they're all legitimate. Oh, but I'm going to clarify that. Ooh, lack of belonging. Feelings again. Ooh, baggage, we all got it. You got baggage, I got it too. I like it, all right. Preference, feeling disconnected. Come on, pardon? Not worthy. Starla, you getting all these? Great, yeah. Ooh, we gotta talk about that. Ooh, sorry, Caleb. Sorry, me. Oh, come. Preference. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Lazy. Mm. I'm not gonna say that's laziness. You can decide for yourselves. Uh, your own or the church's? Both, maybe? 
Ooh, thinking you're too, Eli, I like your language, dude. You are on the same wavelength as me. Thinking, oh, this is also why I had Starla do it up there because this, I knew this was just going to get messy. Now what else? There's one up here we haven't said. I'm going to just put it, doubt. Shame. Sometimes shame because of something else on this list. Differences, yeah. Can I, uh, cultural difference, can I say that? Oh, okay. Uh, shame or something else? Okay. Just can't do it. Drama. Drama llama, llama llama, and all the drama. Oh, we're going to talk about that too. I like it. It's not what you, right? Grass is greener. Hoped for more. Ooh. Oh, yes. I. Uh, Boring. Heck yeah. I'm going to put that. And now I'm just going to preface. None of you would actually leave for any of these reasons, right? Because. Okay. Well, I'm just going to stop there. If you have other reasons in your head, that's all right. I didn't bring enough chocolate for all of these. So you can all get a high five later. Um, hmm. It's a lot. Like I said, we didn't have to look far. These, these almost came easier than these. Yeah. <sighs> Let's talk about a few of these. Uh, who had John 20, 19 to 29? You can just prep yourself. I'm going to just say it first. One of these, which I said, which was sort of one of my things, because this was part of my struggle in working through this past year, doubting the goodness of God, doubting my calling, doubting all of that. It'd be easier without him. And you're right. Sometimes, yeah, it'd be a heck of a lot easier without having to be accountable and, and generous and all of that. But, but there's something cool. Read the passage first, and then I'll talk about it. On the evening... On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, um, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> 
Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Yeah, here's your chocolate. Okay. Okay. Jesus comes. They're in community, right? So we're gonna, they're all gathered in one place. Community is happening. Jesus shows up. Thomas isn't there. I don't know why. Maybe he's at work. Traffic. Too many donkeys. I don't know. Okay, Thomas isn't there. He misses the encounter, and so he doubts. But here's what's awesome. Here's, I kind of love Thomas. I'm not going to lie. I really totally get Thomas. Because doubting is like with, like, if you don't have doubt, there's no need for faith, right? There has to be, like, we sort of live in this constant, like, between these two of like, ah, no, I'm going to step into faith here, right? You're kind of either in doubt or in faith. We pretty much have two options every day. I love Thomas because Thomas doesn't just go home again and sit in his doubts. He came back. He showed up. They tell him what happens, and he acknowledges in community his doubt, He's sitting there with the people who he is with, the church, the community, his friends, whatever you want to call it, all different, all different ages, whole little crew of them, and he goes, mm, I don't believe. Man. Like, I'm, I'm a little in awe, because I am tempted to sort of, like, sit quietly with my doubt, because where'd that judgment go? Because they're going to judge. I'm the worship leader. I shouldn't have any doubts. I've been a Christian 42 years, not me. That'd be impossible. I shouldn't have any doubts. I shouldn't feel this way. How could I question the goodness of God? But Thomas goes, in community, I don't, I don't believe that. Thomas doubts out loud, surrounded by these people. And you know what happens? Jesus comes and meets him there. He comes back. He didn't need to. He didn't have to visit twice. He had other things to do, but he comes. Thomas continues to engage in community, continues to show up even with his doubts, and Jesus come and meets him there. Come on, doubt gets dealt with in community. We get to remind each other, like Caleb was sort of saying this morning, asking, hey, Father, remind us of the things you've done. Remind us. We get to do that for each other. Through this year of me having doubts and me having frequently to be like, hey, do you remember, remember when this thing happened? Remember when Jesus showed up at this? Remember, oh, nice, it's all up there now. Um, we get to remind each other, to stir each other up. We'll get into that later. I'm getting ahead of myself. But we have these doubts, and in community, those get dealt with. At home, alone, your doubts multiply. They do, because our emotions and our feelings and all these things start to take root really easily. Saying it out loud in community does something. Sitting in Caleb's office and being like, I don't think he's there for me. I don't think he cares. I don't think he cares if my dad ever gets healed. I don't think he actually covers me when people want to come against me. I don't believe he's actually good. Now I will go puke. Because then Caleb's able to go, and he doesn't just go, Charlotte, that's not true. You're believing lies. Right? He goes, oh, okay. I can see how you can feel that way. 
Let's take it to Jesus. I'm not afraid of your doubts. He's not afraid of your doubts. He's the king of the universe. Right? We have to come. We have to be vulnerable and say out loud the crap we're believing. Because in our head, oh, man, it just stays and it multiplies and it adds into this area and adds into this area. And eventually it was, it was overshadowing every single area of my life. Right? Doubt gets dealt with. Uh, these just make the heart of the father so sad. Uh, I've been having so many conversations with people sort of since, because there's sort of this, everyone's kind of in limbo post-COVID, and we kind of learned some really bad habits in COVID. Some really non-biblical habits. And, and one of these things that has been coming up sort of over and over in conversations is this like sort of strange thing of like, I, I kind of like not being known. I kind of want to be in a place where I just get to sort of slide into the back and sit down and nobody knows my name. And I was, huh. Guys. This is impossible without being known. Gary, I'm going to get you ready to come share, but Christian community requires being known. We don't get just to hop around to different groups and different churches so that we just stay unknown. That's actually not the heart of your fa- the Father for you, and you're actually missing out and not walking in real, true Christian community, and your faith will suffer. Your heart will get sick, like Becky talked about. I know it's really heavy, but Gary. My wife and I began attending here about 15 years ago. We sat in the same two spots on the left. Uh, We discreetly came into the service a few minutes early, sat down, enjoyed the service, and then discreetly left. It was like uh, going to the theater. We were focused on what was going on up front, but we were indifferent to everybody else in the building. Um, Many years ago, I memorized a verse from Philippians 2. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Um, In order to do this, to show esteem or honor to somebody, I feel that I need to make connections. So um, that means doing something I don't do easily or comfortably. It means 
going up to you and introducing myself, getting your name, remembering it, and then coming back next week if you show up, trying to establish a friendship. And uh, in church, in this church anyway, the Holy Spirit works through a lot of, lot of ways. Two of the ways that happen largely in this room are fr from the front, the preaching of the word and the uh, leadership of the worship team. They, the Holy Spirit works through those agencies. Uh, but he also works down in the horizontal level as we connect with one another. Yeah. And as we uh, figure that, well, we don't need to have any barriers in our connection. Yeah. We can connect with people not in our peer group. Yeah. We can talk to children or teens or seniors or anybody. Um, just encourage you to um, connect. Thanks, Gary. I asked Gary to share because as I was sharing a bit of this thing and I started crying with him on Wednesday about it too. And he was like, oh, I lived there for years. You wouldn't know it. Right? Gary always makes me think of like the, you know, cheers, like, well, I just want to be where everyone knows my name, that kind of thing. Because Gary just knows our names, right? But he worked for it. He stepped out of his own personal comfort zone, stepped out of that to allow himself to be known and to reach and to seek to know you guys. Because being known is an irremovable, irremovable part of the life of a Jesus follower. It's one of like Jesus' prayers. I preached on that last time. I'm not going to get into it. But his prayer was that we would be one as him and the Father are one. Jesus' prayer for us is that we would know each other. And that requires being in the room where it happens. It doesn't happen through social media. It doesn't happen through live streaming. It happens by getting in the room, being vulnerable, going past the sort of surface interaction because fellowship between believers is beyond surface interaction and allowing ourselves to be known even when you don't have it all together, even when you're in doubt or in pain because that is when we get to mourn with you. But if you don't bring your mourning in here, you deprive the body of one of its functions. Because if none of us are okay to mourn together, we don't get to do this. But in the same way, we bring our rejoicing in together. And we rejoice, but it requires being known. And there is space in community for everyone. You are essential to Christian community. I always wanna do this, turn to your neighbor and say, you are essential. I mean it, for real. Okay? Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> okay? You are, like, okay, I sent this joke sort of thing, like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. But it's like, you are essential, and you are essential, and you are essential, and you are essential, because this is where the, the strong get to help the weak. If we're all just strong all the time, we miss out on being able to help the weak. 
This is where the broken and the whole get to come together, where the needy and the wealthy get to come together, those mourning and those rejoicing, the honorable and the less honorable. Okay? We get to come together and and cover the less honorable. Doesn't mean we get to, like, leave people in their sin. Okay? Don't expect that either. Expect some accountability because it's an also an removable, a removable part of it. Uh, Kelly, you can get ready with Ecclesiastes there. Okay? But we all come. We bring our stuff. Caleb, I'm going to need the microphone to Kelly. And there, you are essential. Go. Okay. Again, I saw vanity under the sun. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there is no end to all his toil. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches. Um, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? This also is vanity and an unhappy business. There are be- Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. We need each other. We need to be in community when we fall. Because our job as community is to help each other up. Uh, Drew and Bethany, you can come up and get ready. They're going to share today too. Oh, Kelly, your chocolate. There we go. Okay. You are essential. Tell that to yourself even just while they're coming up. I am essential in this community. So, um, yeah, when Charlotte asked me, uh, me to share, us to share um, how community, how we've seen community in our lives, the thing that stood out to me is, I don't know, it kind of went my thing and Bethany's rather than just together, but um, it's interesting how they intertwine. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, for me, I think I see it, it's like a gift of God for me that he gave me a desire for brotherhood and for connection with people, and he's answered that in my life throughout, throughout, that, throughout that hope, right? And so I just see um, just being super blessed to have friend, like friendships that it's like cradled in vulnerability and and what that leads to is just like a heart for mutual success it's like i want to see you succeed because i love you and like yeah i want to see you succeed because i care about you and it's like i don't know that that was that was kind of what rose to the surface when i thought about those friendships it's like i want to see i want to see god's best happen in your life and it takes, it takes that vulnerability to get there, right? Um, I think God's, one side note, God's blessing is not a pie where if I get a chunk, that takes away from your chunk. It's like we serve a good God who wants to bless everybody individually, and so that's why we can rejoice with those that rejoice. 
and uh, yeah, um, sorry, I got, yeah, I think, I think some of those, some of those friendships too have just come out of, um, it's just been something where it's even when there's been adversity, working through that adversity has led to a closer friendship. Because you've worked through something, like you've, you've been vulnerable, you've decided to like, okay, no, I'm going to be vulnerable. And it's like that unlocked closeness, that unlocked trust, that unlocked friendship. And so, um, yeah, I just see, I, when I think of, there's this thing, anyway, I think of the last couple years and how things have broken, broken down and broken apart. Like, I don't know, I just have a lot of hope about it because I just see God kind of sifting things and building things up and taking things to the next level. So I'm really hopeful about that. And I just think that the men, I'll speak for men, need brotherhood. Men need connection with other men because that's, that's like God, part of God's plan. Um, and I think that that connection and that healthy friendship amongst brothers like makes this better like it makes this me and my family better it's like and it's uh yeah so I'm just really hopeful about that I'm just really hopeful about and I'm just so blessed to see how I've been connected with people and I just want to see that grow I want to see that grow in other other people's lives because uh yeah God's got so many good things for us I was totally going to say that, too, that um, since he's gone to guys group and the um, Bible studies he's done with, anyway, just, it's all good. <laughs> it's blessed our family so much, and our marriage has grown a lot, so I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to write down notes to keep track of where I'm going. Um, so I've been, I've been, uh, since, uh. asked me to, um, asked us to speak, I, I thought of, the first things I thought of were two examples of when my instinct to withdraw, the two big examples I thought of were um, out of self-protection and feeling overwhelmed by my need or others' needs, the, the biggest time was with James. <laughs> Walking through, just facing another child in our family and believing he would be a blessing, which he totally is. Coming to two, it was just too heavy to carry. And then facing a surgery that was potentially life-changing or threatening. Um, I, I just remember so clearly the coming to his uh, baby shower. <laughs> my, my beautiful friends came with banners and smiles, and I came bawling. Because I hadn't shared it yet. And I felt such a release after. Beautiful friends just came around and were so present with us. And then we could face it. And then we could just believe for healing or whatever would come our way. So that was pretty amazing. And Paul and Shirley came to our house and prayed on our couch and gave us a, a quilt. So it was pretty beautiful. Again, the 
we're just so thankful for community. And that was helped us face something it was just too much. So I'm just so glad I, that instinct to pull away, um, that I, I had to push that aside and open our arms and our, and our lives to community. And we're just so thankful for that. Um, the, I had two verses in mind, and it was interesting. The New Living Translation, the Ecclesiastes 4.12. A person standing alone, the New Living Translation is just an interesting version. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So I just love that version. The next time, it was really tempting to pull away. It was definitely during COVID, as I know we all felt pretty overwhelmed. My work changed completely. Um, I had a lot more to handle, plus kids. Home, um, usual routines, usual ways of connecting with others was pulled away. We all know that feeling. Um, I wanted space and I wanted the um, and quiet within myself, but that quiet, just like you already covered, that self-doubt is right there when I wouldn't hear from a friend for a while, or my role that I my my comfort zone of being the helper um, was pulled away. There's so much doubt there. Like, have I offended them? Have I done the right thing? And just like spiral. And a fear of rejection I had. That was I didn't realize what a deep fear that was for me. Um, and I did lose friends during that time, and that was pretty hard, pretty precious people that I love a lot, and I still do. But trusting that God can, um, he weaves our families together with other families. He knows the, the bigger story, and he knows the victory and the gifts that he has for all of us. And so in laying down my pride, um, and asking God for wisdom and grace and forgiveness. It's been pretty beautiful seeing amazing families come into our lives, ones that I may, maybe wouldn't have been open to. Our, that breaking of my heart has opened up to beautiful people coming into our lives. So we're really thankful for that. Um, I guess the main thing to summarize would be that unity costs our, at least for me, <laughs> cost me my pride. The deepest pain comes in community, but also the greatest blessings. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So good. I'm going to sort of just skip all my last things because I've kept you way later than we normally do. Apologies, but I don't think any of you left yet, so good job. It's Mike's like, I want to go home. Um, okay. I'm going to just gloss over it. Maybe I'll do a little post about it later. But I know I gave two of you more, two more things, but there's amazing growth that can happen, right? As we, as we lay down our pride, as we, as we step out of our comfort zone, as we push past maybe our own sort of thing. In Hebrews 10, it talks about spurring one another on, right, towards good works, not forsaking gathering together as some are in the habit of doing, right? Because it becomes a habit, right? When we were in California, six weeks, no church. It became habit. It was like, oh, shoot, it's Sunday. It's two. Should have gone to church, <laughs> right? It becomes habit, but we're actually called not to forsake it. You can't actually, oh, I'm not going to say that, okay? Going to church matters, Okay, that's all I'll say. In Proverbs, it talks about iron sharpening iron. There's growth that happens. It's painful. 
It sucks sometimes. Uh, guys, accountability is the worst. Having people have expectation on you, oh, it's a bad word these days, but there is expectation in community. And it's a good thing, okay? When people reach out being like, hey, I didn't see you on Sunday. Your first instinct, mine at least, is like, oh, why are they judging me for not being there? Don't they value our family time? Oh my gosh, no, there's an expectation. And it's a good thing. Okay, expectation is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. They promote growth, right? We get to grow. We grow through the spurring on, teaching, right? All that, we grow through the iron sharpening iron. That's sort of that accountability piece. And we grow, we grow through the like, help. And allowing others to come around and lift us up and lift our head when we're weary. Those are good things. So my question to you guys is, are, are we living here? Or are we living here? Is this your first instinct? Or is this your first instinct? And that's just sort of my challenge to you today is if you're dissatisfied with Christian community, first look in the mirror. Am I doing this? Food. I can do food. Okay. Am I, am I operating the giftings that God's given me? Right? Read through those verses. And so I sort of challenge you guys, like, read through some of those verses we read through at the beginning. Read through what was sort of the, the expectation of what Christian community looks like. Functioning in our gifts. Mourning with those who mourn. Practicing hospitality. Being generous. Honoring the different giftings. Not trying to be an ear if we're an eye. All those things. Are we individually walking that really well? right? Because once you're like, okay, yeah, then we get to call and encourage others to do the same, right? So that's my challenge to you guys today is first going, okay, Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to get you to do this right now. Are there things on this that I'm believing? So Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to speak. Is there offense that we've taken in our heart that is separating us from engaging in community? Are we feeling disconnected? Are we feeling not worthy? And this is just between you and God. But then I highly, highly recommend that you go and confess it to someone. Hey, you know what? I've been, I've been really struggling with being judgmental or feeling judged. And I want to live in humility. And it brings that accountability. Are we being the church of Christ, and the Christian community that Jesus has called us to be. Thanks, Charlotte. Candy, candy for grabs here as we close. Uh, I'm just going to close saying this, guys. Some of the closest relationships that have developed in my life are with those I've served with. Uh, and so any opportunity there is to serve and get involved, I encourage you, pursue it. Or if God's putting an idea in your head that you could invite others to serve in with you, share it. Uh, and so let's stand, close. I'm going to pray. Simple prayer. Father, make us one. 
Make us one in the spirit. Make us one in purpose. Make us one in mission. And I ask for Jesus to be lifted up in this place because it's ultimately uh, him, his glory, his goodness that unites us. We ask this in his name. Make us one. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Lifetree Church Sermon of the Week. At Lifetree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Lifetree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.